When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Here's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove podcast. We're going to talk NFL news and give you our picks for this week. We're going to talk about the Olympics, should the USA boycott, and of course, college football and all the excitement that is going on there as well. That and so much more on today's Sports Stove podcast. From Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network, you're listening to the Sports Stove podcast with your host, Vince Stover. Welcome in to a new edition of the Sports Stove Podcast, and we are live. Uh, it's been a while, Dad, since we've been live. Dad is back with me, Dale Stover. Dad, how you doing? Doing good, doing good. Yeah, it has been a while, so a lot going on, that's for sure. A lot has happened. Uh, we we would have had a really good show last week, but um, we uh, I was preoccupied, had other things to get to, so uh, we did not... Um, did not record last week, but uh, nonetheless, we are here now, and uh, so everybody who missed our smiling faces can be happy uh, with that. Of course, we're live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, and of course, you can always listen later on the, any podcast uh, platform that you listen to will be there, the Sports Stove Podcast as well, just in case you miss any part of tonight's episode. Uh, Dad, we got all kinds of stuff to talk about, uh, but first and most importantly, uh, were you able to get any more ownership in the Packers this week? Uh, I have not. I, I could, but I have not gotten any more ownership <laughs> yet. No. Uh, uh, I know there have been a lot of excitement. I've heard a lot of people in the last years I've met fans say, boy, if they ever, ever offer that again. And that's kind of the way it was with me. And I missed out that one time and it was able to, you guys get me one the next time. So I think they'll have great, you know, they, they raised a lot more money than they thought they would last time. And I would think they'll do well this time. Well, AJ Dillon, he bought, he bought in to the Packers. So he now owns, he said, it's good to be self-employed. Uh, so he bought in and then, you know, I heard uh, today, I think it was today on the Dan Patrick show. They were talking about expansion in the NFL and mentioned that maybe um, Chicago has talked about even going to some stock options and uh, maybe it'd be an opportunity for a place like St. Louis to look into doing the same kind of thing to keep teams from moving out of the city again. So maybe more people will follow what the Packers have done. And uh, it's unique uh, how the Packers have done it, how Green Bay has done it. And it's intriguing to kind of watch um, how it actually has worked over the years and I'm surprised there hasn't been other uh, cities that have kind of followed after them. Are you surprised they're the only team like this currently? Um, well, I, I guess it depends how it'd be set up. It's hard to be, be set up for another team quite like it is in Green Bay, um, just because of the way the board is set up and it's not, you know, they don't have an owner. I think that all kind of fits in with the idea of, um, you know, a lot of board members from there. So I think people could try to raise money that way. I don't know if anybody would ever be set up quite like the Packers are at this point. 
Maybe not. I'm going to start selling stock options for my fantasy football teams. Um, I had a rough week, Dad. I lost in one league. I, I lost my 0.1 points. And in another league, I lost my 0.5 points. And then I won the other league by 20. But um, it was a rough, rough week for, for my fantasy football teams, needless to say. Um, but all well. Life goes on. Uh, lots happened in the NFL since we last talked. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. signs with the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, also heard on Dan Patrick's show today that New Orleans was definitely in on the conversation, but nonetheless, he ends up with Los Angeles. Game one doesn't look great, uh, but he'd only been with the team for a couple of days, so that makes sense. Do you think Odell Beckham Jr. has a an impact for the Rams this season? Um, yes, I, I think he could. I think the deal with, um, Odell Beckham is you're always taking a chance as far as, um, you know, the team, the locker room and things like that. And, um, but again, I mean, I think if the coach, you know, was in on bringing him in, um, again, I think talent wise, he can help, but uh, I don't know. I, I listened a little bit on the radio early in the week and boy, the Rams, I heard one of the guys, um, you know, network guys from that covers the Rams, you know, the Rams are in a little bit of disarray right now and kind of a surprise to everybody. So I don't know that bringing in Odell Beckham helps that, but um, it'll be interesting. You know, they're in a bye week and they came off a rough loss um, and there's a little bit of pressure on this next game since it'll be with the Packers. And um, it'll be interesting to see how they react. I hope, you know, Stanford continues to do well. He's had a good year, but people have been a little critical of him this week saying, well, you know, maybe, maybe that's not turning out, but I, I think he'll be fine there. Um, it'd be interesting to see at one time, it looked like the Rams probably were, you know, the team in, in the NFC, but I uh, don't know if it looks that way now. Well, we're such an instant reaction society and, yeah. you know, you know, Stafford is a very, very good quarterback. He's proven that when he was in Detroit, but he's proving it still in Los Angeles. And I think if you add Odell into a team like Los Angeles, where you've got Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, Cooper cup, Matt Stafford, you've got some, some veteran guys that already have some built up um, level of success on that team. I don't think Odell will be as, as, uh, damaging to that locker room as he could be to some others, even though they already have some other little issues here and there. Every team does, but I don't think he's going to be a big issue as far as a problem in the locker room. I think they'll just get rid of him if he causes any issues. They won't put up with it. Um, so as far as impact goes, he uh, he still has a lot of talent. He's still pretty young uh, as well. And, uh, you know, they're a dynamic offense as it is. So I think that by the end of the day, will have an impact. I think you can probably compare it to what um, uh, A.B. had in Tampa Bay last year when he came in. He was kind of the third wheel in the receiving core, but he, he got more impact as the season went on and ultimately had the trust of Tom Brady. So that helped him out, of course, there as well. And I think over time, Odell will be a good fit there in Los Angeles uh, as well. Another guy who signed with the new team is Cam Newton. He returns to the Carolina Panthers. He scored two touchdowns in his first game back. Uh, even though he was not the starting quarterback, he threw one touchdown pass and ran in another one. Will Carolina continue to use uh, a, a two-quarterback system, or is Cam taken over completely in Carolina? I think Cam Newton has taken over. I think I've read this week he'll be the starter. And, yeah, I think as long as they keep having success, 
um, then yes, I, I, I think he is, you know, or they lose another three in a row, which I don't think probably will happen. Then, you know, it might be a different story. Uh, I don't know how long-term, you know, he is at his career, um, right now, but, um, you know, he had the game he needed to, to start with. Well, Matt rules a college court or college coach, excuse me. He can run a college system, which fits Cam Newton better than most pro systems. And uh, I think they can find some success there. I don't think they're going to win a Super Bowl with Cam Newton as, as the quarterback. But uh, I hate it for P.J. Walker. I love P.J. Walker. And he played relatively decent in the game as well that he started last week. But Cam gets all the shine. Uh, of course, Sam Darnold's injury is what opened the door for Cam Newton to come back. Uh, is Sam Darnold ever going to start a game in the NFL again? Maybe with the exception of uh, – being the number two guy and the starter gets injured? Uh, no, I think the number two guy and the starter get injured is probably the answer. I don't know that anybody would take a chance, especially with it's so rich of the quarterback draft last year and there's you know quarterbacks around and available. Um, I, I think he may have trouble landing a spot. The key will be to get to the right place as a backup, and um, you know then we'll see. So here's my proposition. Green Bay trades Jordan Love to wherever. <laughs> I don't care where it is. And then they sign Sam Darnold after he gets cut to a reasonable contract. He's the number two guy in Green Bay. He's not going to threaten Rodgers. Um, and he could probably learn a number of things behind Rodgers as well. And he'd be a solid number two quarterback. So uh, many teams will, will be interested, I think, in Sam Darnold as a number two quarterback. I don't see any team being interested in him, in him as a number one quarterback. Uh, though you look at teams that are quarterback needy, and there's not a great draft with quarterbacks coming up this year. But you got teams like Houston, Miami. Um, I'm trying to think off the top of my head of other teams, Denver. Uh, those sorts of teams that need quarterbacks, they're not going to want Sam Darnold as their quarterback. But I think a lot of teams would like him as a number two quarterback. I mean, he'd be a better number two than Josh Rosen, wouldn't he? Yes. Oh, I think he'd be a good fit as a number two, uh, no doubt about that. And that's probably where he's going to have to fit in right now. Yeah, and at some point you have to understand what you are and maybe even uh, commit to that role. Uh, you think of guys, I think way back like Doug Peterson, he got a starting opportunity uh, in Philadelphia, but he kind of accepted his role on Green Bay before he got his starting job when he moved with Andy Reid to Philadelphia. Guys like Ryan Fitzpatrick, they want to start, and when they get the opportunity, boy, they take advantage of it. But they are kind of career backup or bridge-type quarterbacks. That might be what Sam Darnold is developing into at this point, if even that. Uh, I don't know. Would you rather have Sam Darnold or uh, Taylor uh, Tyler Heineke? Um. Well, right now, Heineke, I don't know. He's an interesting one to watch. I think I, I think, you know, they're they're doing fine with him right now. And I, I don't think you have enough to write him off yet. Yeah, I agree. I think I'd take him over Sam Darnold at the moment. Would you take Sam Darnold or Tyrod Taylor? Um well Tyrod Taylor's had more success. So um that might be a that might be a close one, but I think Tyrod Taylor you'd be safer with maybe. Yeah, I think they're kind of the same people, uh, quarterback that is. Uh, but you're right, Taylor might be the safer bet uh, there as well. Um, so anyways, it'll be interesting to see if, where Sam Darnold lands. What happens? Does he get cut? Um, where do they go? Of course, they passed up on Justin Fields. They passed up on Mac Jones.
because they had Sam Darnold. And by the way, I'll admit, I said, skip the quarterback, help your team. Sam Darnold will be fine. I was wrong, clearly, in that situation as well. Uh, the Green Bay Packers suffered a lot of injuries last week, but uh, Aaron Jones sprained MCL. He's going to be out for a couple weeks. Uh, what does this mean for Green Bay's offense? Because they've been using uh, Dylan, A.J. Dylan there for a, a while now as like the number two guy and the mix-it-up kind of guy. Now he's going to have to carry the load there in Green Bay. And fortunately, Aaron Jones is only out for a couple weeks more than likely. Yes, um, you know, Aaron Jones is, is a great, you know, threat, both running and catching the ball. But in some ways, he hasn't had the really big games yet. And um, Dylan, I think the key will be, you know, uh, if Taylor, the backup, can come in and, and get, um, you know, spell Dylan where he needs to. Dylan, you know, runs awfully hard. Uh, now, he's a big guy, and he can probably take a lot um, of abuse. But, again, in the NFL today, if you're going to run the ball a lot, um, I think you'll see them do a little more gadget stuff, probably with Amari Rodgers and even, I don't know how to pronounce his name, Degura, the tight end. Um, you know, you'll see some different things. They'll do a, a few different things. They're probably more of what Jones would have done in the passing game. But boy, Dylan, you know, showed he could catch the ball. And I think Taylor, the backup, can catch the ball pretty well, too. So, um, you know, it, it'll be interesting if they can get, I, you know, I think they still should have a good running game. But, um, you know, pretty much you want to have a couple backs as far as rest if you're going to run a lot. Yeah, and you know all the fantasy football gurus who were saying you got to get Dylan, you got to get Dylan. Now they're just licking their chops yeah. uh, because he's going to be a big impact on the fantasy side of things as well. Green Bay's an interesting team, Dad, because you know Aaron Rodgers came back. The offense was uh, okay. He was definitely looked a little rusty, but the defense the last two weeks against Kansas City in the loss and against Seattle in the shutout last week, uh, the defense has looked phenomenal. Now they're dinged up. They got some injuries. Uh, they lost uh, Merciless for the rest of the season. They're already herded outside linebacker. They called up a guy from the practice squad. But overall, this Packers defense is the kind of defense that you got to play to win Super Bowls. And uh, at this point, this defense has definitely stepped up. Oh, it has been. And I've been surprised. Uh, mainly with the loss of Jair Alexander. I thought that would be a bigger thing, but they've been able to roll other cornerbacks in there. And uh, I don't know all the intricacies of, you know, how the defense is set up, but obviously they're having a good systems. They're able to put pressure on the quarterback. Uh, Kenny Clark's having a great year. Um, you know, very hard to control there on the inside. And Campbell's just been you know, fantastic. I think they've got great chemistry and great unity on the defense. And, you know, they've got some, they got some veterans, you know, Amos really helps out with that at safety. Um, Savage is super fast and um, seem like they've been able to, you know, use people in the right spot. And it'd be interesting to see with the buy coming up in two weeks, if after the buy, they get any of these guys back, whether it's Adaria Smith or Alexander or, or things like that. When we look at the NFC, I'm down to five teams that I think can win the Super Bowl. Uh, I go Dallas, Green Bay, Tampa Bay, Arizona, and the Rams as my five teams in the NFC that can win the Super Bowl. Is there somebody else in the NFC that you would say is capable of winning the Super Bowl this year? 
Um, no, I, I think that's the teams that you're looking at, and um, we'll see from there. Tampa, Tampa's an interesting team. You know, they're not as powerful um, as they were in some ways last year. Um, but again, yeah, with Tom Brady and the talent they have, you know, you can never really count them out. Arizona, um, you know, very interesting to see. You know, you hear in the media, some people are very positive on them. Others, you know, they won't hang around. Um, the Rams, you know, look like they were the class. And um, Dallas will be a big game this week um, as yeah. far as, you know, wherever how everybody's on their bandwagon they win this one and yeah they're going to be um you know talking super bowl for a few weeks for sure yeah and and i think they can lose this one and still be in the conversation um and we'll talk about that in a few minutes um on the afc side of things dad i basically see two teams that can win the super bowl in my opinion i think you're looking at teams uh buffalo and kansas city are the two teams that i look at and say I think they can win the Super Bowl. I'm I'm out on the Chargers. I'm out on the Ravens. Uh, I'm I've never been in on Tennessee. And then the other team that you kind of got to look at maybe is New England. Honestly, um, especially if they make the playoffs, you know they've done a great job in the future past years with game planning against a team for one game. Uh, but I think Buffalo and Kansas City are the two teams I'm watching out for in the AFC. What teams in the AFC do you think have legitimate Super Bowl championship opportunity? Oh, I, I think that's definitely the two, you know, Kansas city has got to get back in it, but it looks like they're headed that way. And it'd be a big game this week. Buffalo, you know, looks like the team that ought to be definitely one that would have a chance, but again, they've stumbled a little bit too. And they have an interesting game uh, this weekend also with Indianapolis. Uh, but I think those two, you know, new England, um, they're, you know, definitely a possibility they're playing better, but I don't know if they're at that level yet. But again, in the AFC, there may not be the competition. Um, interesting to see, you know, where how the Bengals bounce back uh, and, and how they play. But I don't think you'd say they're a Super Bowl uh, pick right now. But they 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 could um, they could cause some, you know, they could cause a stir in the playoffs. Yeah, they could. That whole AFC North is interesting. Um, you know, Baltimore at times, they look like a great team and other times they lose to Miami. So, um, you know, you don't know Cleveland, same thing. They're just an absolute mess, uh, there. And I can't trust them to do anything, uh, in regards to Super Bowl at the very least, but all you gotta do is make the playoffs, right? You make the playoffs and now you got a chance and, uh, and the AFC will have plenty of playoff teams, uh, battling there at the very end for those final spots. Let's get into our picks for this week in the NFL, Dan. Um, Each week we pick six games. Uh, We posted our picks last week, even though we didn't have a show. We're going to ignore those. Uh, We we had a bye week last week is what that was. Uh, Not good picks last week, um, but uh, that's okay. You got to take your your losses here and there as well. All right, Dad, uh, before we get to our picks, let's talk about the game tonight. If you're watching with us live, if you're listening later, this game is already over, but New England and Atlanta, um, you know, everyone's talking about the Super Bowl 28 to 3 and all that kind of stuff. Atlanta's not looked good this year. They're four and five, though, uh, overall. Patriots seem to be on a roll now, and they actually got a little bit healthier uh, and now have their starting running back back. They're seven point favorite tonight. How do you expect the uh, Thursday night game to go? Well, I mean, again, New England has played well lately, um, but you never quite know how that's going to go either. I would think New England would roll. 
and uh, be able to cover and do fine, um, especially if they're going to keep moving on. But um, I, I, I don't know. You know, I wouldn't think Atlanta can give them too much of a test. But again, it's a primetime game and it's at home in Atlanta. So you, you, you never really know, but New England ought to win. They ought to win for sure. Uh, okay, let's get to our picks for this week. We don't pick the Thursday night game. So uh, from our Sunday schedule, I guess you could also pick up the Monday night game if you wanted to. Uh, let's start with your first pick of the week this week. Um, I'll take Green Bay and the points over Minnesota. I think they'll cover. Yeah, it's a one-point favorite on the road against Minnesota. I picked this game as well. I also picked Green Bay. I think Green Bay wins by 13. Um, uh, you know, the way the defense is playing, you got Aaron Rodgers now. He was rusty last week, but he's got a full week of practice this week. Yes, you're down Aaron Jones, but, you know, Dylan will be able to add enough punch uh, running the football, and then the rest will be on the on the, the passing game. Uh, the defense just has to play a decent game, and this game is an easy win for Green Bay, isn't it? I think so. Um, again, you know, it's in Minnesota. Um, and it's a division game. There's times, and boy, that game is one you really worry about. But I think they'll stay focused. Uh, again, I've read a lot this week where they've got veterans that can keep everybody um, grounded there. And, yeah, I think the Packers will, can really roll on this one. I think Minnesota's a team that once you get them down, um, you know, they're going to have a hard time um, to rally. I did see some interesting stats on, on Kirk Cousins. Um, he's re- his stats have been really, really good. Um, and of course, what Minnesota is the only team that's led in every game this year. Um, I think I saw so, but, uh, no, I think green Bay will come ready to play. And, and um, I, I think they, they can really control this one. Yeah. I've got Justin Jefferson and fantasy football and I love him. I mean, he catches a ton of passes, has yeah. great games. Uh, Cousins has good stats. He's a good fantasy quarterback. But this team, they're just not a good team. And now Rodgers has struggled against Zimmer in the past. But one-point favorite, that blows my mind, considering that they're the number one team in the in the NFC right now. That really surprised me to see that. So I as well picked Green Bay as a one-point favorite. Who is your second game this week? Um, I've got San Francisco covering over Jacksonville. San Francisco uh, coming off a huge win uh, this week. They are now four and five. They are a six and a half point favorite over the flailing Jacksonville Jaguars. Jaguars are looking for a uh, number one draft pick in the next year's draft. Uh, I stayed away from this one, Dad, because I'm scared the way San Francisco handled Los Angeles last week. Jacksonville, again, I think they're going to get better as the season goes on. Maybe not win this game, but I think you're probably safe there, but I, I straight away from this one. How much confidence do you have in San Francisco right now? Well, if San Francisco is going to make a run at this at all, then they've got to win this game. And they are playing well. Um, they're running the ball like they used to do. Uh, they're not making Garoppolo win the game for them. Their defense has been playing you know, better, and they have a good defense. So, um, I mean, this is a game at first, the line scared me just a little bit, but I mean, this is a game that San Francisco ought to cover easily if they're going to, if they're going to stay in the hunt here. Does Trey Lance start a game this season? Um, I don't think so. Well, it depends if San Francisco kind of 
goes down the tubes and, and they're not in the playoffs, then yes, I think they'll give him a chance to play. But right now, um, their offense is manageable, and um, I, I, I don't know that he would start a game. You never know. I just don't think Garoppolo's been good enough to hold on to the job. And at some point, you got to look at it and go, okay, you know, when do we look at the future? And I'm surprised they haven't done it yet, to be honest with you. Um, but uh, Jimmy G is still the quarterback for San Francisco. Uh, my second game this week is the Chicago Bears, plus four and a half underdogs to the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Jackson, Lamar Jackson has been sick. They haven't ruled him out yet, but uh, it's not COVID related. So um, nonetheless, I think Baltimore, I don't know. I just, one of those games where I look at it and go, I'm going to take Chicago plus four and a half. Baltimore might win, but they might win it on a field goal. So uh, I'm taking my chances with uh, uh, Fields and the Chicago Bears this week. The first time I've picked Chicago this season, uh, four and a half point dogs to Baltimore. Who's your third game? Uh, it would be Kansas City to cover against Dallas. All right, let's talk about this game. Uh, go ahead and give me your your logic behind that. Well, again, I, as you know, I'm not a Dallas fan. And um, I, Kansas City, again, this is kind of a game Kansas City's got to win. They're rallying here. They have played better. And um, I think we'll see how Dallas can play against a team um, of this caliber. Again, if Dallas is the real thing, then um, they may come out and be okay. But again, Kansas City's favored. And, um, you know, there, there's some reason behind that. So, um, and since the line's not big, I, you know, again, I, it just seems like, um, you know, I don't know of a lot of reason necessarily outside of it. it. Again, I think it's a game they really need to win. They do. I think it's also a game that Dallas needs to win to put the doubts aside. Um, I started to write down Dallas. I scratched out and then avoided this game altogether. Kansas City is getting better, which is why I avoided this game. It's at Kansas City as well, which makes a difference. Arrowhead Stadium uh, is loud, and it definitely has a home field advantage for Kansas City as well. I think Dallas is the better team at this moment. I think Kansas City might be the better team by the end of the year, and that's why I stayed away from it. Um, I'm not a Dallas fan, but I do believe that they're a very good team, and I think their weakness is coaching more so than the players. And uh, and so that scares me a little bit away as well And a game this tight uh, when it comes to the picking the game. So uh, I stayed away from this one uh, because of that. My third game <clears throat> is uh, the New Orleans Saints. They're a two-point underdog to Philadelphia this week. And uh, New Orleans has not looked great uh, with their quarterback situation and, and things like that. But I think over time, uh, they are the better team uh, over Philadelphia. Philadelphia is a team I've stayed away from picking all season because I never know which Eagles team we're going to get. I decided to go against them this week and go with the Saints over the Eagles. Did you pick that game? I didn't. It was one that I had down first when I looked, but I would have went with Philadelphia. But then I said, no, I don't know how this one's going to go at all. So I stayed away. Yeah, definitely. Did you pick the Chicago-Baltimore game? No, no. Okay. I forgot to ask you that one. All right, who's your fourth game this week? Uh, it would be Arizona over Seattle. Uh, Arizona is a two-and-a-half-point favorite against Seattle. 
Uh, Seattle, we saw them last week get blown out by, not blown out, but shut out by Green Bay. Arizona, there's uh, some injury issues and things going on there as well. On the road in Seattle, an interesting selection, Dad. What's your uh, thought process there? Um, again, you know, it scared me a little bit being in Seattle, but Seattle's not been a team this year that's, you know, controlled everything at home. Again, Arizona, I think, is a good team. And again, it's a game they need to win. I don't think Seattle's going to dig themselves out of the hole no matter what. Uh, not in that division right now, but um, it's a big game for Arizona. Uh, if Kyler Murray does not play, are you still confident with that pick? Uh, not as not as confident, that's for sure, but we'll see. <clears throat> so Arizona, they get the bye week next week. So if Kyler Murray sits out this week, he'll have three weeks off to get healthy. He's hurt his ankle in that Green Bay game and uh, missed last week's game. Last, yeah, last week's game. Um, anyways, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. That's why I stayed away from this game. I wasn't sure if Murray was going to play. If Murray plays, they're obviously the better team. Even if he doesn't play, they might be the better team. But Seattle at home uh, with a dinged-up Kyler Murray at, at the best, I went ahead and stayed away from this game uh, as well. Uh, let's see here. you got four games in. I've got four games in because I had Chicago, Green Bay, New Orleans. No, I have three games in. My fourth game uh, is the Washington football team. Three-and-a-half-point underdogs against the Carolina Panthers this week. I think the uh, Cam Newton hype is going to come to a uh, screeching stop against his old coach and Riverboat Ron. I think Washington, they're playing now. There's their best defensive player out for the season with an ACL tear in Chase Young. And I think the team rallies this week to get a win against Carolina. So I'm going Washington football team at plus three and a half over Carolina. Did you pick that game? I did. I did. And I took Carolina in that one. Well, that um, makes me feel better. <laughs> I, I, think, I think they'll keep, I think they'll keep going. Um, again, Washington, you know, just hasn't had um, a good year. I'm a little scared on this one because their quarterback again, I think at times can, you know, do really, really well. But um, I, I think Carolina will keep rolling at least this week. So um, it, that was the last game and I had a lot of choices, but I uh, finally went with that one. All right. Um, let's see here. So that's five games for you. My fifth game is I'm getting back on the Bengals train. Cincinnati minus one point favorite over Las Vegas. I think Las Vegas is about to go into their uh, their 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 free fall. I mean, I just don't think Vegas is going to have a good rest of the season. I think Cincinnati coming off of a bye week should be able to beat a Vegas team. And it'll say a lot about the coach if they lose this game, in my opinion. So I'm picking Cincinnati over Vegas. What do you think about that game? Yes, and I picked that one also, Cincinnati over Vegas. I agree with that. Again, it's a game, you know, we've said this many times that this team needs to win. Well, Cincinnati needs to win this one. I don't know that the Raiders are going to free fall. It'll be interesting because uh, they have really stayed together. But on this game, Cincinnati ought to be able to win this one. And with the line being what it is, it made a lot of sense. I think this is the game that determines whether or not the coach returns next year. I think if Cincinnati comes out of the bye week and loses to Vegas, I think that that's going to signal the end for their coach. He is, he's done fine. He's done okay. They started out hot again this year, but they started off hot last year too. Um, of course, last year Burrow got hurt. That didn't help. But nonetheless, uh, I think this game plays a big factor into whether or not they keep their coach going in the next season. 
Um, and I think if they lose this game, I think it seals his fate. Uh, they won't fire him in the middle of the season, but I think they, that seals his fate and he's done if they lose this game. My last game then is I'm going the Chargers, minus six over Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is so beat up, so banged up. They've got so many injuries going on right now. Uh, the Chargers have not been good this year like they should be. Uh, they're, they're five and four going into this this week. They're a six-point favorite. I think they have to win this game, and they have to win it showing that they're a good team. So I go with the Chargers over the Steelers. Any thoughts on that game? Uh, no, I stayed away from it because, again, the Chargers have been so up and down, and the Steelers have been up and down. You just don't know. You're right, though. The Steelers were beat up, but I didn't feel comfortable enough to pick this one. Uh, let's see here. Games we didn't talk about. Dolphins and Jets. The Dolphins a three-point favorite. Boy, I almost took the Jets in this one, but I don't know. I'm not sure what we're going to get out of Miami coming off that big win over Baltimore. Are they going to finally start to climb? Um, the Jets are starting Joe Flacco as the quarterback. We all know he's elite. So uh, Joe Flacco in, man, that scares me as well. But uh, any any thoughts on Miami, New York Jets? No, I have no idea how that one will go. Um, you know, two teams that have really struggled. And, um, um, yeah, I, I, I don't. I really don't know. I wanted to pick the Texans against the Titans. The, the Titans are a 10.5-point favorite. I really wanted to pick the Texans in this one, but ultimately I decided to stay away because they're a really bad team. Uh, Titans leading the division. They're the one seed in the AFC right now, which blows my mind because they're not good. Uh, but here they sit. Uh, you know, Tennessee, are they going to steamroll the Texans, or is that division game going to be close? Um, I mean, you would think Tennessee win that one, but you never really know. Um, I didn't, the line was a little big for me on that one, but, um, yeah, Tennessee should win again. I don't know what they're going to be the class of the AFC, but we'll see. Uh, Detroit, I almost picked them against the Browns, the Browns 11 and a half point favorites, but Detroit might be with backup quarterback, Tim Boyle, uh, in this game, Jared Goff has been injured. So I stayed away from this one as well. I don't see the Lions getting their first win this week. They're going to get a win eventually. I don't see it being this week. What about you? No, I don't think they will. But, again, the Browns, boy, they've been so up and down. It's hard. I almost picked this game also. But, again, with the quarterback change, I stayed away from it. Bills and Colts. Bills a touchdown favorite. Uh, I wanted to pick Indianapolis in this game. But I don't know, is, is, is Buffalo all of a sudden just going to start blowing everybody out? What's going to happen? Indianapolis I don't trust. I love Jonathan Taylor. Uh, I just don't trust that team. But seven points, I almost went Indianapolis. Ultimately stayed away. Your thoughts on Indianapolis-Buffalo? Uh, this was the other game I almost picked also. I wanted to at Indianapolis, but it's at Buffalo. And you got a dome team playing at Buffalo um, this time of the year. I, again, I just, you know, I, I didn't have the confidence Um Again, if, if Indianapolis is going to win, it'd be because they have a good defense. But like you said, when Allen gets hot, um, it just, you know, I almost picked that one. But with it being at Buffalo, um, I stayed away. Tampa Bay, Monday night game against the Giants. Uh, Tampa coming off of two straight losses. And uh, we know Tom Brady's history with the Giants, but uh, Tampa's, they got to get back on track this week, don't they? 
Yes, they, they should. Again, the Giants have been surprising. I mean, I thought they were by far the worst team, um, you know, back a few weeks ago. And all of a sudden, you know, they play a little bit here and there. So, uh, but I think they've got trouble coaching wise and locker room wise. But um, yeah, you would think Tampa would get back on track. Um, and they should against the Giants on this one. Yeah, the Giants are on a pretty good three-week stretch. They beat Carolina 25-3. to Then they lost to Kansas City by only three points, and then they beat uh, the Raiders 23-16. to So uh, they've been looking good as of late, but I think Tampa, eventually Tampa, they're going to have to click as well. And I think we'll see them start looking a little bit more like a fine-oiled machine as opposed to the struggling team that they have been uh, to this point. All right, any other thoughts on the NFL week? Um, no, you know, one interesting thing I kind of thought about, it kind of gets your thoughts on it. I saw, I heard comments this week that Rex Ryan had made about, uh, the coach at the Jets, um, and about there. And, you know, I, I thought about when I, when I heard that, I thought, well, here's Rex Ryan, um, but he's not coaching right now. Why is that? You know, but, oh, he, you know, he was so much better than this other coach and didn't want to be compared to Salah. Um, so that, and I started thinking about coaches in, in history, the big personality coaches, you know, and some of them, you know, what person now, big personality coach was really a good coach and what personalities, you know, they were great personalities, but didn't make it as coaching. Rex Ryan is one I think didn't make it. I thought of Jerry Glanville, Jerry Glanville, boy, super funny. Um, but yeah, he didn't, he wasn't a successful coach. You know, he made one of the biggest um, trade blunders of all time, and he still jokes about it. You know, what about Brett Favre? Oh, you know, I was a, I, he was a three-year project, and I was on a two-year contract. Well, that's why he was on a two-year contract, because, you know, he didn't know how to coach, and that was interesting. I thought of, well, who had been a great personality back when I was growing up that was a good coach, and I would say Bum Phillips. Um, he was quite the personality, um, but boy, the Oilers had great teams. They just couldn't beat the Steelers. And I started thinking today, you know, I don't know we have a lot of big personality coaches right now. Right now it's gone to younger coaches and it's gone, um, you know, that way. Um, wh what do you think? Is there any big personality coaches? I thought of just a couple of them might qualify, but. What, I mean, would you consider Jimmy Johnson back in the day? Would he have been a big personality? Yes, yeah, he 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 would have been with the how about them Cowboys and yeah, yeah he, he was and he was a very good coach, obviously. Yeah, so he found some success. But you're right in today's NFL, there's not a whole lot of them. Um, you know, you've got the Bill Belichick mold that's grumpy all the time. You've got Andy Reid who's just quiet. Um, you know, and like you said, you got the young, more analytical minds coaching now. So they're they're more of the I'm studying all the time. I'm hard at work. I'm trying to figure out how to get better and those sorts of things. Not to say that the high personality guys didn't try to get better, but I think now you have a lot of thinkers that are coaches now versus just football guys uh, that you would think of back in the day of I'm a football guy and I'm big and I'm, I'm rough and I'm tumbly and, you know, whatever. Um, the coaches aren't trying to sell tickets. They're trying to win football games. The players are trying to sell tickets. Whereas I think there was a time in, in the NFL where the coaches were used like, um, uh, oh, why did his name just slip me? Um, the uh, Bears coach, Ditka. Uh, and he, when he was in New Orleans later on, not well, anyway, when he was in Chicago, but uh, his time 
uh, elsewhere as well. He kind of was a little bit more of a personality, kind of a you know rough and tumble personality to some degree as well. Uh, but there are very few like Rex Ryan out there, uh, and, and definitely in today's football, that loud mouth is not looked upon uh, highly when you're looking at hiring somebody. You want the guy that's thinking, and I think right now you see it. Uh, Rabel in Tennessee, he's a thinker. Um, you McVeigh. Um, that that's what you're looking at nowadays is those kinds of things. And of course, Bill Belichick, um, who, who has no personality, at least that we've seen, uh, as well. Good question. Good thought. Uh, all right, let's move on. Uh, quick thought on the Olympics. Uh, president Biden, uh, was reported today that he's considering the diplomatic boycott of the Olympics, not sending diplomats from America over. Uh, if you listen to Enos Cantor, uh, he's a Boston Celtics center, by the way, Dad. Uh, Enos Cantor, he's been very vocal about China and their uh, child labor and, and other issues, how they mistreat people, and uh, has been very outspoken about that. Of course, it was just a couple of years ago that Maury came out and said something, and he got slapped on the wrist and told to be quiet uh, when he was in Houston. Now he's in Philadelphia. But um, it would be strange, would it not, for America to boycott any country right now? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like that's that's odd. Well, I, I this is a tough subject for me because I've never I never understood the boycotting Olympics. You know, I didn't like it when we did it the first time. I don't think it helped, and I think it just. Now, the Olympics aren't the Olympics anymore. It's not athletes and trying to see who's better uh, from there. All right. Uh, yeah, it's you're right. The Olympics have changed slightly um, to some degree over the years. We talked about that once before. China is a bad country and uh, not saying that all Chinese people are bad. Please don't take it that way. But if you just take a second to look at the pol politics in China to understand how they treat people, it is it's pretty disgusting. And, you know, at some point in this world, if we're going to get better as a world, we're going to have to stand up against evil people. It's happened before, back in the 40s, um, and and it can happen again. Will we take a stand? I don't know. I would be surprised if um, our political leaders decide to grow a backbone um, of any of our political leaders. I would be shocked if they all of a sudden uh, have these standards because they don't have any standards in any other area of their life. So, um, we'll keep an eye on that and see if that, if that continues to be an issue or not. I would assume it quietly goes away, um, and gets buried along with all the other things that get buried in the political world. All right, dad, let's talk college football. Uh, a few things to get to. Let's start with the rankings, uh, in college football. And we haven't had a chance to talk about the rankings very much, uh, recently, Georgia, Alabama, Oregon, Ohio State are the top four right now. Cincinnati on the outside looking in, the only undefeated team other than Georgia in the top 21. You got to get down to UTSA at 22 as the next undefeated team. Uh, let's start with Cincinnati. Should they be in the top four? And then will they be in the top four? Um, I mean, I, I'm one that always feels like an undefeated team, you know, should, should count. Um, from there, I've thought that way back in the day. Um, but um, 
I don't know that they will. Um, it, it'll depend if people keep. I think the top four make the most sense to me this week of any that I've seen um, from there. But again, you know, the season's not over, so there's some things that could get thrown in that. But this this made the most sense. Again, I think Cincinnati probably ought to be, but we're not going to know anything until we see how Cincinnati wins out. If Cincinnati wins out and they can win out decisively, then I think they ought to be in. And whether they will be will depend on these other two teams because they're going to be, you know, you got Ohio State's got two tough games. Um, you got Oregon, you know, we'll have a championship game and, um, it, it'll be, you know, in a record, you're going to have Alabama and Georgia, you know, playing probably in the SEC championship. And, um, you know, if Georgia wins that, then what happens with Alabama? Um, I know you've talked about no two lost team has ever made the playoffs, but Alabama's the team that can definitely do that. Um, I think it would depend how the other how the other things go. Because, um, again, I think the NCAA is very political, and, um, you know, I, they're going to want to see what teams people want to see. Um, and I think part of that would depend how the game would go with Georgia and Alabama also. Um, but um, but we'll, I, when I saw the ranking this time, uh, this bothered me less than most of the other weeks, but that's because some of these other teams have lost and not stayed in. I liked Oklahoma, but they've dropped out now. And um, different ones, you know, Wake Forest can't talk about, even though I don't know that they were ever in the top four. Um, but um, but we'll see. Yeah, so there will not be a two-loss team. I guarantee it. No two-loss team will be in the playoffs. Um, that being said, Cincinnati, one thing you said is, I've always thought an undefeated team. But when does the schedule play in? They beat Notre Dame. That was a good win. They beat Indiana, but Indiana's not been good this year. Um, and then their schedule now next year it'll be different when they're in the pack, uh, the Big 12, excuse me. But I mean, at some point, the schedule has to play a factor in their undefeated season because UTSA, they're undefeated. They're at number 22. And I don't hear anybody saying, well, they should be a top 14. No, that that's true. Um, but again, they're in a conference that would be a little less than you know Cincinnati would be. Um, again, I mean, I, with the Power Five now and the way you know who's going to play different teams, um, to me, you can only win the games you play. And if you can win them all, then hey, you ought to be you ought to be considered. If this thing was twelve team playoff this year. I would say USTA ought to get a shot if they're undefeated. Um, they ought to be in there, but you can't do that with four. And I think that's the same thing that's going to happen with Cincinnati, um, you know, again, depending on how they end up the season. You can only play the games, the teams that are on your schedule, but they control who they schedule, at least in their non-conference games. And that's uh, yeah, part of the issue <laughs> that I think people have with, Cincinnati this year is, is even though they played Notre Dame and beat them, um, there's no one else on their schedule that you look at and go, boy, that was a quality win. Um, I'd like to see them in the playoffs. I think they deserve a shot because they've been up there the last couple of years. But uh, Oregon's an underdog this week, by the way. Uh, so maybe they lose this week. They drop out. If Ohio State loses this week, Michigan uh, State would probably jump Cincinnati, uh, would be my guess, if they beat Ohio State. And uh, so Cincinnati would still be left out there as well. Uh, let's see here. 
a couple coaching changes already. Nebraska has decided they're not going to change coaches. Coach Frost is going to stick with Nebraska, even though he's not been very successful there. Virginia Tech fired their coach in Fuentes. And then there's a lot of rumors right now that Miami is looking at a coaching change. And the hot rumor that came out this week was Lane Kiffin wants the Miami job if it comes open. Um, how could anyone hire Lane Kiffin again if he jumps ship here on Ole Miss? Uh, I mean, he's never stayed anywhere with without, you know, with the exception of USC where he got fired. He's never just stayed anywhere on his own decisions. No, and he's not going to stay anywhere, not as long as there's a bigger job up there. Now, Miami is a pretty high-profile job, and if he went there and turned things around like he has at Ole Miss, he might could stay a few more years. But, uh, no, I, as far as you know, stability, I don't know how you can hire Lane Kiffin anyhow. <laughs> but, um, but you know, I, the Miami thing could happen um, from there. Um you know, I, I it'd be it'd be interesting. I don't see him staying in Ole Miss, even though he's had great success there. And well, part of the reason, I mean, you know, he doesn't stay anywhere very long is because there's going to be problems. He does. Um, I mean, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, you know, I don't think he could stay anywhere ten years and there not be a problem. Um, but you know, uh, we'll see. Uh, speaking of coaches, Mel Tucker at Michigan state is supposedly reportedly being offered a 10 year, $95 million extension. And the details are still being worked out, but it looks like that he's going to sign a long-term deal with Michigan state. They've had a great season this year. I think he's a good coach. Um, this would be record breaking to some degree as well. Um, is it wise for any college to sign someone to a 10 year contract? Well, in, in this day and time, it's a little surprising. Um, the thing where it probably helps is recruiting. Uh, I think it would give, you know, uh, parents and players like, well, this coach is going to be there. Uh, he's going to be there all four years of my time in college. So I think that could help if you have a really good coach and you're in a school that you can really recruit to, which Michigan State, I think, can be that way in the Midwest. Um, yeah, I'm a little surprised, though, about 10 years in that money because, you know, that's a lot of money to change your mind in two years and try to get out of it. Yeah, and we'll see what the details are on it when he signs it. Uh, as far as the buyouts and things like that uh, go as well. Three games I'm interested in this week in college football. Michigan State, Ohio State. It's at Ohio State. Ohio State's a 19-point favorite over the 7-1 and Michigan State Spartans. That That's a big number. That one surprised me. Yes, but Ohio State's on a roll now, and they're at home, and they're playing the way they ought to play. That is a big number. I will agree with that. Um, but with it being at home, I mean, Ohio State is really good here lately, and um, they've got the talent to do that. Michigan State, I think, has overachieved. I think they're a good team. Uh, but, yeah, I'm a little surprised at 17 points. Yeah, uh, I mean – if I'm Mel Tucker, I'm getting that contract signed before that game. <laughs> if they're going to lose by 19, my goodness. Um, Wake Forest is a four-and-a-half-point dog to Clemson. Wake Forest, 9-1, and one, the number 10-ranked team in the nation. 
Clemson has had a uh, – they're seven and three. So you say, oh, horrible year for Clemson. Well, it has been ugly for Clemson this year. Uh, does Wake Forest have a chance to upset Clemson at Clemson this week? Um, I wouldn't think so just because I don't think the Forest necessarily is that good. And Clemson, it is at home. And like you said, it hasn't been a season that Clemson will be proud of, but they keep winning the next couple games and win the ACC and um, not all is lost. Yeah, I agree. And then the other game I'm interested in is SMU. They're 11 and a half point dogs to Cincinnati. Uh, Cincinnati, you know, trying to find their way in, you know, into the, the playoffs right now. They need to win this game. But SMU, they're a good squad this year as well. They're an eight and two on the season. Um, we know Cincinnati has to win, but will they win this week? Um Again, you know, if if they're going to be, you know, have the season they want to have, then they've got to come out and play. And they're really good. And um, but SMU, like you said, has been a team. If you're going to have a team, it's going to give them a challenge. Uh, and, but this could really be the help um, for Cincinnati is if they can beat SMU decisively. You know, SMU again is not one of your high-ranked teams you talk about, but uh, they have had a good record. And, um, again, I think even if Cincinnati wins this, but wins it by three points, this will hurt them. Yeah, for sure. And we saw a comment from a Penn State fan, uh, Don Coward, saying, uh, uh, thinking that Franklin needs to find a new job uh, for next season. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, there's still rumors, right, about him and uh, USC and uh, – Things like that, again, uh, uh, now it's coming from a Penn State fan. I wouldn't want Franklin as my head coach, uh, but yeah. I'm not a Franklin fan for sure. Any other games this weekend, Dad, that you're interested in in the college football world? Illinois, Iowa, maybe? Uh, well, we'll see. You know, Illinois, <laughs> I guess Illinois is going to have any chance. I guess they could still get six wins, but I don't know that they can beat Iowa. Uh, Illinois had a better year in some ways, and I think they have some things to build on. But in Iowa's had a disappointing year because it looked like they were really going to be the team to beat over there. Um, if they, if Illinois is going to get to six wins, they have to beat Iowa. They've only got the two games left, so yeah, probably not so going to happen I, this year. I don't know what the, I don't think that's going to happen. The interesting Big Ten team that's made the move is Wisconsin. It'd be interesting to see where they end up at the end of the year. Yeah, that's a good point, and I've been meaning to look and forgot to at the uh, standings here for the Big Ten to see where everything sits. Let's see here. Wisconsin and Iowa are fighting for that spot to play uh, in the Big Ten championship game. They're both 5-2. and two. Um, Iowa in the conference is 5. They're both 5-2 and two in the conference. Iowa has the better record outside of the conference as well. So they're fighting there on the west side, Ohio State, Michigan State, and Michigan fighting on the east side to play in the championship there. We're almost to the end of the football season where we can go back and look at our over-unders on the season and see uh, that we were right in all but maybe one or two things. So we'll see about that as well. All right. Uh, Dad, anything else you want to add before we go tonight? Uh, no. Um, I thought maybe we might bring up the baseball news a little bit. Pitcher on sure. your team won the Cy Young, and um, I was excited because he's a pitcher on my fantasy team. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's funny. Um, you said my team. This, this week I was interviewing Walt Wells, head football coach uh, of the Eastern Kentucky Colonels. I wasn't interviewing. It was a press conference, and I asked him a question, and I said, what are we working on this week? And then I stopped. I said, sorry. What are you all <laughs> working on uh, this week? But um, 
yes, Corbin Burns gets the Cy Young. Shohei Atani gets the uh, MVP or the uh, – is it MVP? Uh, unanimous, I think, unanimously voted in as the MVP this year. Um, Robbie Ray got the AL Cy Young Award as well. Harper, uh, Bryce Harper wins the MVP as well. That's interesting. And the NL MVP, I hadn't seen that yet until just now. So, um, interesting. All right. Uh, well, Dad, thanks for being back on with me. Sure, appreciate it. I've uh, had a good week. And, uh, oh, uh, we had another comment that uh, James Franklin, the possibly LSU, as a possibility there as well in that conversation. So um, we're going to talk more basketball in the episodes to come and encourage people to go in, tune into the Wednesday episodes that I do, uh, the Sports Stove Local Hour. It is heavy, heavy, heavy on EKU Athletics, um, but uh, fun teams to watch as well and lots of interviews with players, coaches, and even the occasional conference commissioner. So uh, keep an eye out for those as well. All right, Dad, we'll plan to be back next week. It is Thanksgiving next week, so we haven't figured out exactly our plan for that, but we'll try to have some sort of episode, maybe a special giving thanks episode for the fantasy players we give thanks for or something like that. We'll figure something out uh, next week as well as Dad will be out hanging out in uh, with the uh, University of Alabama alum uh, down there in Alabama. But uh, say hi uh, to, to Brody Croyle for us while you're down there. All right, well, we'll see all of you next week. Make sure you tune in uh, to Wednesday's local hour, and we will put out an announcement on social media as far as our next live episode. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Sports Stove Facebook and YouTube, the Sports Stove Podcast. But we sure appreciate you tuning in to tonight's episode. Until next time, we'll see you around the Sports Stove.